episode number six. Six, 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 six. Um, okay, that was really bad. But yes, we're back. Let's talk about six, baby. Oh, no. Let's talk about you. And- well, you bowled me for a six. There we go. <laughs> um, wow, look at the gay boy doing that straight sports joke. That was unexpected. Um, Wait, was it a sports joke? Because I didn't pick it up either. <laughs> it's okay, yes, it's 2021. Gender's a construct. You don't need to be anything oh, that my... you don't want to be. <laughs> okay, sorry. I, I, I'm Yasin Pons. Uh, and this is... Brendan Peterson. And this is the Dick Wrap-Up. <laughs> Why is it, as you said that, for some reason, I could see in my mind, like me standing at like a subway or something and being like, yes, so I want... Um, the salad and some of the falafel and some hummus. And I don't know why. Maybe it's just I like food. You're ordering, you're ordering or you're serving because I felt like I was serving over there. I don't. I mean, I'm always serving looks. So there's that. Damn. You know. Um, but yeah, episode six, we're back. Um, we're probably going to end up fighting about Apple somewhere along the way because that seems to be our thing that we do now. So yeah. Apple and our other friend. But we're, I feel like we're going to get to that fight again. Wait, we had lots of other... Okay, wait, no. We need to just leave that there because <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, it's been a week. <laughs> like, I, I kid you not, the start of this week, Monday, I was like, mm, it's going to be a bad week. What am I going to talk about in this podcast? Please, can something happen? Yeah, maybe I should have been more careful with just it. Came through. Exactly. Because I feel like I checked and there wasn't, you just didn't send any links. And then when I looked again, it was all there. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> quick sticks. The universe was like, you asked, we delivered, you didn't specify. So here's the thing. Um, so let's just, you know, do the thing and dive straight into it. So first things first, and I cannot believe this is what we're starting with. Apple, specifically Apple Pay. And before we even dive into this, I would like to say I was right. I said last month because I interviewed uh, the head of Visa South Africa, you know, Visa as in the card company Visa. And I. I Who's this? but i asked him i was like hey do you know anything about this whole apple pay situation because we've been waiting for forever and you know clearly things were in the pipeline and he said end of q1 and what is it now the end of q1 so it's exactly yep. on schedule i did the podcast i you know used the excerpt i put it out there i wrote the article and everyone who who checked it out was like, mm, but you know, are you sure? We don't know. The dude is the head of Visa. Come on. <laughs> and when did it launch? The end of Q1. I was right. Thank you. I feel so firstly, um, I feel like it's very on brand for you and your entire life to go, I was right. I feel like you were raised as a whaler like the, I like was <laughs> not actually. That's I think probably why I was not. But people wouldn't listen to me, even when I was right. And then afterwards, I'd just be like, mm-hmm. 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 Is an adult version of Wayla. <laughs> I don't think I ever was a child. I think I, I was born with this age, like, in my... <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> so, you did spot it. You also did tell me that it was, and everything panned out as is. Um, which is really great uh, for Apple users, but I also feel like 
Apple users are going to say, oh no, we've had this and it's the best thing ever. Samsung has been through it, guys. Please, you must calm down. I'm just going to... That's that's my argument tonight is, or today, or in this podcast, whatever, that um, Apple's going to come with, oh no, this is the best thing ever. Okay, firstly... Have you not seen Apple events? This is the best iPhone ever. And then a year later, this is the best iPhone ever. And then a year later, this is the best iPhone. Y'all say that all the time. Although in their defense, so does every other company. They just say it more. But they probably are going to say that, that this is the best ever. But I actually do agree with you in, in this instance. Samsung Pay, well, um, it was better. Um, I, I have my quibbles with it lately. Um, purely because... Previously, on previous generation devices, uh, Samsung Pay... That sounds like a soapy, by the way. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Previous generation devices. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to see if I can find some soapy-style music to just play in the background here. <laughs> Someone's got to be Marlena. Um... Sorry, that is days of our lives. But was together. that okay? It sounded like something from like a Lynx adventure. Something. It's been a while since I've sang in public. Okay. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Um, it's okay. It's fine. We celebrate all talent. Um, but on previous generation Samsung devices, they used NFC, so near field communication, and MST, uh, magnetic strip technology. And what MST did was it essentially mimicked you know the magnetic strip on the back of your card it mimicked that so when you were using samsung pay at terminals that didn't have nfc you'd still be able to use it uh with the s21 series and this is not for all s21 devices in all territories it's only some territories and i'm not 100 percent certain if south africa is one of them but they've actually gone ahead and removed the mst technology because the sort of global argument, um, I think I saw it on the global press site or, or the Verge or somewhere. Um, but the argument is that, you know, NFC technology has become so good, they don't see the need for MST, which I can kind of understand. But at the same time, that's the rest of the world. South Africa is not the rest of the world. And it's <laughs> nice to have that backup option. We only just got tap and go. Two days ago. <laughs> like, that's where we are in the world. I know we actually, have it longer, but... Well, no, yeah. actually, South Africa is very good when it comes to mobile technology and mobile payments. We're actually right up there. Like, we're way ahead of the US. I'll give you that much, and I'm really happy about it. For that. real? No, we seriously are. We're, we're a massive global um, leader, or at least way up towards the top, when it comes to, to things like... I don't want to say mobile money, because that's a whole different topic. Um, but... Mobile money devices. Mobile payments and payment systems. Yeah, we do really well, actually. Um, but yeah, so Samsung devices in many territories are using NFC, and that's actually also what Apple Pay uses. It's just NFC. So now if you want to use your Apple, you know, your iPhone or your Apple Watch to go ahead and pay, you're going to have to look for the Apple Pay logo, or you're going to have to look for that, you know, NFC sign, which is basically just looks like this little curved, wave line things wi-fi to the side. yes that thank you that's a good description um and in theory it should work anyway but you know you never know it's still very new in the country and there's only three banks who are supported right now only three this this is the thing that i um it baffled me to an extent because i go there is infrastructure for the other banks to take it on so why wouldn't apple just wait an extra maybe month and get everybody on board because I feel like this this stop start of some banks can, some banks can't will 
maybe not throw people off, but it will slow the adoption initial growth yeah. of it. Um, so I've tried to get comment. Nobody wants to give like a proper comment. So I'm going to work on what what I think of my theory is because the way these things work is. And especially because it's Apple, it's not like they just decided, you know, in the last two or three months, hey, we're going to do a thing. You know, this was actually meant to have launched in South Africa last year, according to to Visa, Apple Pay. But then obviously the pandemic happened and, you know, that impacted everybody and things had to be slowed down and adjusted and whatnot. Um, but for this sort of thing to happen anywhere in the world, you know, Apple would have been speaking to all of the local banks ages ago. And the fact that it was supposed to have launched last year means they would have been speaking to them from at least 2019. Mm. So it's not a case of Apple didn't wait long enough. Remember, the banks have to update their systems and they have to make the decision to actually want to adopt the technology. I think that some of these banks are intentionally choosing to not do it because they've got alternatives like virtual cards. Um, and I'm just going to say it, like a, a bank like FNB and a bank like Capitech, both have virtual cards. They're both very proud of it as they should be. Um, but when I reached out to FNB for comment, essentially what the press release said that I got from them was, uh, you know, we, we, I could actually just get it and read it, but I'm too lazy and I just literally reach over. But essentially it was along the lines of, you know, we try to bring our customers, you know, wonderful alternatives um, in terms of how they can make payments, you know, besides just using the card. We try to make sure, you know, we're bringing them all the technologies, blah, 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 you know. And then they went on to, we have, you know, these virtual cards and we have X amount of thousands or hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of users and blah, 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 blah. And then the next day I get a press release talking just about the virtual credit card or the virtual cards. And I'm like, guys, just tell us about Apple Pay. When is it coming? So they, they wouldn't mm. give an answer. Capitech was very similar because when I reached out to Capitech, I was like, hey, um, will you guys be supporting this? You know, And I'm even more curious about you because you also do not support Samsung Pay. And again, the answer was a very nondescript of, you know, we try to bring our customers the best technologies, blah, blah, blah. They didn't go in depth with a virtual card, but I was like, I know you're very proud of your virtual card. I know they use MasterPass as well. Um, and they've got that built into the app. So I think that it's the banks that are choosing to to delay this. Um, Standard Bank. Um, Does Standard Bank have a digital, a digital card? No, no. They don't have a virtual card as far as I know, but virtual Standard card. Bank yeah. did say that they are working uh, with providers like Apple to bring, you know, advanced technology. So it wasn't a no, but it also wasn't a yes, we are going to bring it to you, you know, by the end of the year kind of thing. So mm. right now it's only ABSA, um, Nedbank, and Discovery mm. Bank who are supported with Apple Pay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's for me, it's just that thing of like, if I was a bank, I'd have, I'd want to have more people like, using me so i'd give more people the option instead of just like streamlining it to only one i'll say one platform but with all the said of how banks are now integrated with our phones and now we also what we spoke about pick and pay and checkers who's now coming into the phone industry you go what are the not the clashes but what are the possibilities of all these big brands having to work together so closely do you know what i mean I, I get what you mean, and I think it's, I mean, it's a far bigger question. I think 
we might even just have to reach out to someone one day to actually have a conversation about this because it's it's a very interesting topic actually. And I, th- I think we need a fortune teller, if anything. So, like, I feel like we, we have enough tech. Let's go to fortune okay, tellers. So all we do tell us about is we tech. go buy <laughs> a, a magic eight ball and we just shake it and we ask like random questions. Done. Um, <laughs> but no, you, you, you raise an interesting question because besides, you know, all of that sort of stuff, you're also looking at the rise of all of these digital only banks in the country, um, mm-hmm. like Bank Zero, which hmm, I still have reservations about. Um, purely because they're not saying a lot of anything. And then the bank that I'm really, really interested in, which is Better Bank, B-E-T-T-R, Better Bank. Um, And I have a lot more faith in them because, one, I've actually done a podcast with them and I I know what they're working on. And two, I have the CEO's number. So I know if I had to move to the bank and something goes wrong, it's literally a WhatsApp. And I'm like, hey, so listen here. Um... Can you fix it? Well, you know, and I, I also have the details for the CTO. So either way, I know I'm going to be okay. But I, I also <laughs> like what they're doing because they've been working sort of with the idea of banking doesn't work for the way people are now sort of making money. You know, so people like us um, who, I suppose, you could be lumped in as a freelancer. I don't know if that's actually quite accurate for you. But anyway. I'm on the freelance step. That's okay, my <laughs> Um, you know we're not earning monthly salaries so we're doing all sorts of different things to make money and you know if you want to go get a home loan or if you want to you know do certain things banks and what are going to look at you and be like "Mm, we can see you earning x amount of money but sorry the way our system is set up doesn't actually you know work for this and i know uh, talia goldberg for example um who's fairly well known in in cape town and south africa uh, formerly one of the founders of Nifty 250. She sold that. She was then very recently creative director for Seattle Coffee. Um, she now sort of works as, I want to say, like a freelance. Um, I th- but I, I see, I think PR. One of, I think it's freelance, but the, one of her clients is Switch Beauty. Yes. I always talk about that. She actually just worked on the, the Switch Beauty campaign for their birthday. Um, but she's done a lot of work with some massive, massive brands. But I remember her saying about two years ago, she went into, two, two, three years ago, she went into Edgar's, you know, when Edgar's was still a thing. And she <laughs> wanted to get an Edgar's, you know, account. And actually, it was probably more than three years ago when she still owned Nifty 250. And she wanted to get an Edgar's account. And they were like, sorry, um, yeah, but you don't meet what requirements are. And she's like, but I own a company. This is how much I make. Yeah, but you know, you you don't actually this, you don't that, you know, you don't whatever, whatever, whatever. And she was just like, what? And it's all because it's a sort of still seen as a non-traditional way of doing things. And now that she's, you know, freelancing and, you know, doing very well for herself, it it's not that much easier. And, you know, I know someone like Grant Hines has also faced that same issue. So the way systems are set up do not work for digital payments, you know, um, and sort of digital currencies and that sort of thing. And better bank is working to fix it. And when I spoke to them last year, they said to me that one of the big things for them is to make sure that, you know, the Better Bank app works and is integrated with things like Samsung Pay and Apple Pay. And they were obviously just waiting for Apple Pay to launch in the country. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're thinking about all of these things. So Apple Pay might not be the best, you know, as it is right now, but I welcome the fact that there's another sort of contactless mobile payments option. Um 
And I, I see where industries are moving towards with with services like this. And now that we have more people using it, because yes, Android is very popular in the country. Samsung is, I think, still the number one smartphone brand in the country. But, you know, Apple users, there's a lot to be said about them. And, you know, there's still the stereotype that they are willing to spend more. And at the end of the day, all we want is more people to be using these contactless services because once they do it, more brands will start embracing it. You know, we'll start seeing more things build around it and it could, Mm -hmm. fingers crossed, drive this sort of change and shift towards digital banks and the way we do things. And I don't have to carry cards with me anymore, which I would love. I was about to say, it's also just cleaner. You know, it's uh, all the sanitizing and things. Living in that world, it's cleaner and... um, you always have your phone on no, you. No, but it, it's... And it uses fingerprint technology, which well, is a great... It's, I feel like the fingerprint on, or on the Samsung I had, what the, or that bonus was safer than a card. No, it is. But I mean, obviously on Apple, they'll be using Face ID, but that's also super secure because of, you know, the infrared scans and stuff. So someone can't, can't fake that. But that's mm. the thing. This kind of technology, I think, is um, long overdue. And I'm glad that Apple is finally here in the country with it. I think it's going to spur a lot more innovation in the space. Yeah. And I'm just happy that it's finally happening. The rest of the banks just need to jump on board and not be, you know, sort of stingy and try to be like, oh, but we just offer you this one or two other things. Give the people choices. Okay. End of story. It, you still have all the money, guys. Come on. <laughs> like, why are you you now fighting for the card system? But you have, you have all my money, so I feel like it's silly for banks to to still want to be very specific over things. If anything, they should take it and phase it out when their own things are set up for it. But right now, open the banks. But again, that's why I say I'm, I'm waiting for better bank because I swear to you, once they're up and running, I am going to be one of those people who's going to jump. Um, I will. I will do my research <laughs> via you. <laughs> Don't worry, I can put you in contact with people. You want CEO or CTO? We're good. Or both. How about that? Who's going to give me the money? That's what I want. <laughs> okay, so I don't have Jeff Bezos' number. I'm very sorry. Um, but we'll see what we can do. Make a plan. Make we'll a make plan. a plan. Um, staying on the Apple topic, we're going to blitz through this one because there's not a lot to say and we'll cover this when it actually happens. Um, 7th of June is when Apple begins Worldwide Developer Conference, WWDC 2021. So it's their second virtual WWDC, because last year was their first. Um, And it's usually, like the name says, it's a developer conference, so it's not usually hardware that they unveil, but it's usually things like the new version of iOS, the new version of macOS, the new version of iPadOS, tvOS, watchOS. You can sort of see where the company's going with, things and it's it's fascinating from that perspective because apple's biggest selling point beyond the hardware is truly been the ecosystem um yeah as i was reading the article they they spoke about um the 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 perspective products that they were working on as well <laughs> and i saw your friend there and then um My, okay you would have narrowed it down now it was your friend and the other one that you prefer. It's the AR and the VR. Um, I will walk away yeah. from this podcast right now. <laughs> no, but but I, I do think, um, firstly, WWDC, silly name, guys. You could have made like a, I don't know, like use letters that make another word. I like those ones. You know, when they... An like, acronym. 
an acronym, but it must sound like something. WWDC sounds like the next Wonder Woman movie. No, it sounds like WWE, but the Apple version. <laughs> no, it's WW, but it's or WWF, but not the Marvel version. <sighs> Sorry, guys. Wow. Well, actually, it's funny you say that because you know Apple's got very strong ties to Disney, and Disney obviously owns Marvel, so. Oh, you see, you're doing six uh, steps of what's it? Six steps of separation. But back to the event. Um, I it, firstly, I thought they were gonna announce like a hardware. Like when I saw the article, I was like, okay, they're gonna it's give us the new the phone. Picture, that's why. But when I read further on, because this is a new, um, I'll say, uh, event for me to learn about. Um, it sounded dope, and I also think Apple's gonna do some dope things but i also think they're just going to copy things that already exist and we discussed it already so i'm not going to get back into it <laughs> but it looks it, it it excites me because i always know it's going to look good that's apple for you i mean true very true um i mean they have done hardware in the past like i said usually it is just like the OS stuff last year they spent a lot of time talking about uh, their transition to their own silicon for their macbook so the m1 chip which i have raved about many times and i am truly and utterly obsessed with because it's phenomenal um yeah i feel sorry for intel but anyway that's their problem um but i mean in the past like 2019 they unveiled the Mac Pro, which we don't talk about because it's way, way too expensive even by Apple standards. Um, 2017 was the HomePod speaker, which they've actually discontinued now. They're only doing the HomePod Mini. Um, they updated the the iMacs, which is their desktop. They unveiled a 10.5-inch iPad Pro, which now is no longer a thing because iPad Pros are, what's it, 11 inches and 12.9, and that might even change in the next month. So we'll see. Um, but it is usually software, but this whole teaser for, for this next one is this meme emoji that's on the invitation because mm. everyone is like, is it just a reflection in the glasses or is it AR glasses? Cause Apple's been rumored to be working on AR glasses and they've been big in yep. AR or as you said, my friend, um, is it the Apple VR headset? We don't know. Everything is rumor and speculation. We've spoken about Apple rumors and speculation. Was it two weeks ago? Okay, so uh, while we're here, because we are going to be here by the 7th of June. I mean, we're going to cover it on by, after the 7th of June. But I am going to put my money on. They're going to flash uh, IR um, the AR glasses. I mean, yes, yes. I don't think they're going to announce it, but I do think they're going to flash it of like, are we working on this? Wow. You know what would be fun? Um, if they didn't say anything, but Tim Cook does wear glasses and he just had to walk out with a different pair of glasses yeah. and they don't say anything. Damn. That that would be a yeah. boss move. And it must just have like the Apple logo on the arm of the speak. Listen here, I would buy that. I'm not even joking, actually. When you <laughs> said that, I could see it in my head. It's like, okay, but I want this now. Mm, mm. Damn it, and you know it's going to be good with my airpods Ooh. the other thing is i they they might come with the what if they just come out with a spec line like how like i have the bluetooth specs do you think apple will ever do apple specs yes i uh, know well maybe not the own branded ones but who is the woman she's no longer there but um there was a woman they hired to head up the retail division so apple stores and she was from, she used to be head of marketing for, I want to say like Gucci or one of the big luxury brands. 
Um, and they've got a long history with luxury brands, like a seriously good history with all the luxury brands. I can I can actually see them doing this. It, it would make a lot of sense and it would actually fit in with what they already do. Because if you look at Apple Watch, for example, um, Apple's got a long history with Hermes where they do the Hermes watch straps, which cost way too much money. But I mean, <laughs> they do that and they've essentially yeah. styled their stores not on a tech store, but on a lifestyle store inspired by high-end, you know, sort of fashion stores. It would make sense if they did it. I, I can see it because, I mean, Huawei does a partnership with Gentle Monster, which is a, I want to say Chinese, I could be wrong, um, but it is it is an Asian uh, luxury brand as well. And the latest generation of Gen- Gentle Monster Huawei sort of uh, glasses actually look pretty dope to the point where I wanted the pair, but they don't have them here. I was supposed to get a pair of the original ones, but then they didn't have the size that was going to fit my face. And they only gave me the ones that made me look like I was a Santon mom about to drink an oat milk latte after going to yoga <laughs> with my with my poodle or chihuahua or something. Like, no, I am not Paris Hilton. Too fabulous. <laughs> I am not Paris Hilton. This is not hot. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of the Paris Hilton song, but it's just blowing. It's like leave, it's like on the tip. I can only see um, something about the beach and the <laughs> sand. Wait, I know this because I shouldn't be saying this. I was listening. It's not for note, guys. <laughs> I was listening to this just the other day because why am I not listening to this? Star- it was a banger, also. Stars are blind or nothing in this world. Which one? Uh, stars are blind. But the video, I think, was on the beach. Listen, yeah. That song was good, okay? Um, but we're going to leave it there before we start talking about Paris Hilton. But yes, yeah, 7th of June is when Worldwide Developer Conference starts. It's not a one-day thing, so, you know, keep an eye out for it. I'm definitely going to be paying attention because they traditionally have made some really big announcements. And usually, once they announce, oh, there's a new iOS coming, it usually launches either the same day or within a week. So it's it's a big, big day for, for Apple and for, for iPhone users. Um, but yeah, that is Apple. We're not going to be talking about that again, eh? Wait, we got through this without a fight. That's true. That's true. Could be, again, we, we, we have learned in our history of this podcast that we have triggers. <laughs> Listen, yeah. So when we spot the trigger as a team or as a, a couple, you spot mine and I'll spot yours. So we know how to dodge these things. That's a couple goals. <laughs> I swear if my therapist is listening to this, he's just going to be like, mm, told you. <laughs> um, but okay, moving on to another phone brand. Whew, this one, okay, this is going to take some time because this company had a lot to say in the last week to the point where they had an event over two days. Who does that? Um, Xiaomi, I'm probably mispronouncing it, but I don't know how to pronounce it, but if someone please teach me, I will gladly take lessons. Um, but Xiaomi, yeah, they essentially did a two-day product launch because they had so much to announce. I think they called it the Mega Launch, and they did not Damn. disappoint. Um. They unveiled the Xiaomi Mi 11 Lite, the Mi 11 Pro, the Mi 11 Ultra, which we do need to talk about, um, a foldable phone 
And they were like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're getting into the motoring space as well. And I was like, what? There was a lot of other stuff, but these are just some of the things we picked out of that. And I'm just like, guys, you know, there's a whole year, year still left, right? Like, calm down. I feel like, I feel like, like, um, a game, the, the shop opened in a mall and they came out with their own brand. That's what Xiaomi feels like. You know, that <laughs> doesn't make sense. Listen here. You're not wrong, and that's actually the scary thing because I remember, geez, how long has it been since I've been to CS? A couple of years ago when I went to CS, um, I think it was my second one or something, I don't know. Um, and I went to the shop, it was when they unveiled the TVs, when they weren't doing TVs yet. And I went to this stand afterwards. And stands at CES for, for brands are fairly big, especially, you know, when you get to like a Samsung or like a Huawei, you know, the well-known okay. brands. Oh, that Xiaomi stand was that Xiaomi stand, I think, was actually bigger than the Huawei stand. And Huawei at that stage was far bigger in terms of brand identity than Xiaomi was. And they had everything. Um, they had everything from, you know, those little USB fans and USB lights to yeah. they had the Xiaomi Mi Mix, you know, the, yeah. the concept phone. Xiaomi Mix, unless, like, the no, vacuums. If it was you, a, if you're going yes, to a vacuum, unless. rice cookers. I kid you not, rice cookers. And I was like, what? Like, they were clothes steamers there was a little vacuum robot-y thingies um like you name it xiaomi did it and i was like what does this company air purifiers they they have like a subdivision or a sub-brand or something where they make screwdrivers you're seeing mad the basics the proper but here's the the surprising part of a brand that can make all those things right they still make banging phones so it's not like they they basically Samsung, Samsung of the East. Is it the? Can I say that? They, I mean, I think they're probably closer to the Apple of the East. To be very honest, um, no, because I mean, in terms of like Samsung, you'll get a washing machine, you'll get a fridge, you'll get a TV. Well, like they've they've got that full range. But I feel actually, like Apple, yeah, no, no, you're right. Because the funny, I think we've had this conversation once before. So we know Samsung and LG, you know, as they make fridges, TVs, you know, home appliances phones we'll see about LG in a couple of months um you know all of that sort of stuff but if you go to korea the home country and i've been fortunate enough to go it was not samsung that took me it was actually lg but one day samsung one day hopefully fingers crossed um but you go there and you see how big these companies actually are so much more than what we know because like if you look at um like samsung for example they used to actually have a clothing line not a once-off thing like a staple clothing line that, you know, people would buy and it's Samsung subsidy. Um, you'd see their names on the sides of apartment buildings and you think, oh, it's just signage. No, it's not just signage. They own the thing. Exactly. Like LG, so LG, the long story is they really sort of got their name from two different sort of um, sort of very well-known stores. Like we would have, say, Checkers and Pick and Play or whatever. Kind of that sort of vibe, but probably a little bit smaller. Sure. Um, yeah, that's actually where the true origin of LG started way back in the day, but then those two merged and it sort of grew bigger and became long story. It eventually became the conglomerate that we know these days. Um, but you can still find like one or two of those stores. I think it's called Lucky Go. I can't, okay, I can't remember. I'm not going to I'm not going to go down the road because I'm going to get it wrong and someone's going to be like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, I heard this, by the way at the LG HQ in South Korea from heads of global departments, so don't come at me. Um, but, 
you know, you can walk into like a 7-Eleven in Korea. And I know this because while we were there, someone needed to do exactly that because they somehow forgot their toothpaste at home. And I'm like, it's okay. It's fine. It's not like you can't find toothpaste in Korea. They walked in. We're just looking at toothpaste brands. And then they picked up one. And they happened to turn it around. And on the back of it is an LG logo. LG makes toothpaste. LG does the stuff. Like, we got into the elevators in a building. And you know how here we used to... What's uh, what's it? Otis and all of that sort of stuff? No, the elevators were LG. That's... Yeah. It's also the thing of... Elevators you can kind of understand. But a toothpaste means that they were doing other things. You know, like, it's a other company. It's other materials. It's other ways of selling things. So... Yeah, that's yeah. No, well, I, I'm I'm not surprised that they would be that uh, wild. You no, know, interesting fact about LG. The LG that we know is LG Electronics. LG is actually 16 different companies, not just one. But a lot of people don't know that. Um, yeah, they actually do. There's a division of LG called LG Chem, and they're actually some of the most advanced um, EV batteries in the world. So there's something you didn't know. But now we've completely gone off the topic. We're talking about LG and Samsung. So getting back onto Xiaomi who is, I suppose, the LG Samsung of China. Um, they have... Ooh, I don't, where do we start, Jesse? Let's start, let's start with the easiest things. Let's start with... Let's start with the... I can't believe this is the easiest thing. Wait, is the Mi 11 Ultra the easiest thing or is it the Mi Mix Fold the easier thing? Because I can't uh, the, um, I think the easiest thing is the Fold. Okay, so Xiaomi's got a foldable phone. We also were coming. It's like foldable phones are the thing, although I still stand by what I said where I think rollable phones are the way forward. But it's okay. I do love my foldable phones. Um, it looks very much like the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 2. And for good reason. That was a great phone. It was my favorite phone of 2020. Um, uh, it kind of also actually looks a lot like the, the Huawei Mate X2 when you open it up. So mm. it's got that 8-inch display. Um, there's no selfie camera on the inside, which I don't love because if you've got a device that can fold open, let me use it for team calls and Zoom calls and stuff. Because yes, yes, yes. Why yes, wouldn't yes. you let me I'm do it? I'm upset that they don't have a selfie camera. Also because there's one screen that doesn't have a battery in, right? Because the battery's only on the, on the one mm. side. So you go, they could have built in a really dope um, selfie camera with that space. Also, when you wanted to, maybe you wanted to, you want to take a selfie with a bit more screen, I think, sometimes. Well, it's not even that. It's like when I was using the Z Fold 2, um, one of the things I loved doing was, let's say I'm, I'm video calling somebody. What I could do was you could either prop it up like a laptop, um, which was kind of awkward, mm. but you could do it. Um, and if you weren't going to use that for, for video calls, you could at least then use it for, say, YouTube. So if you're watching a cooking video while you're cooking, you know, that props it up and it makes yeah. it easier. Or if you want to do the video call thing, you stand it up like a book and yeah. then the selfie camera and you've got more display to see the people you're speaking to. And I was like, it's useful. So what I think they go for is basically that you video call, open phone, but you look at the back, you look at the, 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 the slit screen, if it makes no, sense, not the screen. So the, out, the outside screen. Yeah. So outside the, the, out, the outer display. I, I can understand it and it, is kind of more similar to what we do with phones now because you only have the one display. Um, but I still think it's a, it's a wasted opportunity. I think that what Samsung did by putting that selfie camera on the inside as well 
was a smart mm. move. I, I think that the placement of it was a little bit unusual because they obviously couldn't put it on the fold, you know, the bendy part, the curve of the display. Yeah. So it kind of just looked a little bit weird, but it's not something you noticed like after mm. a couple of minutes of using it. Um, so maybe it was just an aesthetic reason. We don't actually know why neither Huawei or Xiaomi have decided to do that. But overall, these are great looking devices. We will probably never see the Mimic sold in this country because Xiaomi in South Africa, I'm sorry to say, is a mess. I had hoped. No, it's true. I I had hoped for better. They have launched in this country. Then they've kind of relaunched in this country. And it just keeps going through all the motions and none of it is good. And I'm just like, guys, just get your act together because you do some great devices. You have a great opportunity in this market and you completely mess it up every single time. And I do not understand why. I actually think they need to come in as a as a as a gadget store. Like they must be one of those. They must come in as a store, not as a as, a, as like a phone brand yeah. alone. They need to give us like, oh shit, if I go into that, it battles with Dion or whatever other digital shops that stock like that. But you know what I mean? But they they need to come in with more presence into our country and we'll buy into that that stuff easy. That's a good point, actually. They they probably should do that because if you go to the website, uh, Mia Africa, M-I-A, and then Africa.com, you know, you'll see some of the other stuff that they sell. Mia's for mobile in Africa, which makes me wonder why it's called Mia Africa. In, it also yeah. looks like missing in action Africa. Guys, please. L- listen here, I emailed the PR people once and I was like, hey, so what's actually happening with um, Xiaomi? Because I know it's mobile in Africa, but right now that MIA stands, sounds like it stands for missing in action, they were not happy <laughs> with me. I was like, I don't care. You're the ones who did this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, okay. So that's the that's the um, me fold. F- the Mimix fold. Before we move on from that quickly, um, it's got an 8.01 inch OLED screen, so that's on the inside. Uh, HDR10 Plus, Dolby Vision. Um, it's the outside display is 6.52 inches, 90 hertz OLED display. HDR10 Plus again. It's got the Snapdragon Triple Eight chipset, which is the best chipset you can get right now in an Android device. Um, 67 watt charging, which it just that's a lot. Um, in this ESCOM economy, it is it's too much. No, no, no. <laughs> 37 minutes to charge that phone. 37. What's the battery on it? Uh, 5,000. Uh, it's 5,020 milliamp hours. That's, that's really impressive. So, yeah, it does all of that. Um, it's also got a 108 megapixel camera, Samsung lens, actually. Um, a 13 megapixel ultra wide and 8 megapixel as well. And then it uses liquid lens technology. It's the first time a major phone manufacturer and a major phone has actually used that technology, which I'm not going to get into now because I need someone way smarter than me to explain it. Um, and we'll see if we can get someone to actually explain it because I know it's the perfect person, but it depends on whether he's available. Um, but essentially, it gives you up to three times telephoto capabilities and 30 times optical zoom as well as macro shots. Um, and then the selfie camera on the outside is 20 megapixels. So there's a lot to talk about. They've also got a feature that brings you a PC mode, which is like Samsung's Dex mode. Um, quad stereo speakers, Gorilla Glass 5, a side fingerprint scanner. But weirdly enough, it's running Android 10, not Android 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, for now, it's China only. Um, there is also a ceramic version, but again, also China only. So we don't know if or when it's going to come to the rest of the world. I don't see any of this in my mind. This is, it's just things that, uh, 
it's it's just an article in my mind because I go I'm, my world won't get there if it or it won't come to my world so it's just it's an article for now. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I I hope we at least get to see it in the country. Even if it doesn't come here, I'd like to at least see it. Um, mm. another phone from them that I want to see because <laughs> when I saw the pictures of this thing, I was like, wait, what? It's the Xiaomi Mi Eleven Ultra. Yes, it's their phone to take on the S twenty one Ultra. But good Lord have mercy. This phone, I don't know where to start with this phone. I suppose the back, because that's the, that's what everyone's talking about. The camera bump on this thing, it it basically takes up the entire top third of the back of the phone. And it's fit. No, the thickness. I, I think I tweeted um, where I was like, the thickness of, of that camera bump is almost as thick as the phone. And people were like, no, it's not. You can't see. I know it's not almost as thick. But I was obviously slightly exaggerating. But it's that thick that it's probably almost half the thickness of the actual phone is how thick that, that camera bump is. Yeah. Um, you know what? You know what? It, it It's as thick as what was the Samsung that was a camera that could make phone calls? I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Galaxy Zoom, wasn't it? Yes. Do you remember? I think that. I was at that. the launch yes, scene. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I think Danny K was also still there if I remember correctly. I could be wrong. It could have been the next one he was at. Um, don't ask me what. I only remember that because I was watching Tully's Baby Diaries the other day and he was there. Um, <laughs> listen, yeah, I need to watch the stuff on Show Max, okay? And Tully is, is funny. Um, but yes, this thing is thick, but there's, there's kind of a reason for it. Because when you think Ultra, you're going to think a phone that has all the stuff. This is basically the phone that if they could have put in a kitchen sink and an espresso machine, they probably would have. Yeah. Although Xiaomi does actually make their own answer to an espresso machine anyway. So Obviously, standard Xiaomi. Of course. Um, but this camera bump. We're not even going to talk about the lenses right now. We're going to talk about the fact that there's a tiny display on the back right there. You know, now I looked. Uh, I, I looked at the phone, and I went to go read up on on the screen. I actually think it's a great idea. I I am I'm maybe it's the, the the gadget man in me that likes that thing, but to have a small watch like a, it looks like a Fitbit size uh, screen on the back of the phone, it makes so much sense in terms of like notifications or like they, you say also you can use it as a selfie camera. Yeah. Um, which yeah, it would be it would be great because how many times are our selfie or our back or actually on all phones the back camera is so much stronger than the selfie camera, so why not uh, give us the back camera as a selfie camera? I mean, firstly, I don't really take selfies, so I don't actually care. Um, but I'm friends with a lot of people, Hadley Simons. If you're listening, I'm talking about you, um, who do like taking selfies. Also, my best friend does like. He loves taking selfies, but you know he's also an influencer, and people do actually listen to him. So I, I, I get it. Um, but for me, it's never been a thing, and I'm like, why do I want my notifications on the back of the phone? Do I not have enough ways of getting notifications? Because there's either going to be a light, there's going to be a vibration, or I'm probably going to be wearing a watch, and the watch is going to tell me. Or you know, if you're in an ecosystem, you're going to be connected to another device. It's going to tell you why do I need another option through that that actually yeah it's just because sometimes my phone is down and i don't see it 
I mean, if your phone is down, then maybe give it some time to reflect on things and give it some space to to deal. Yes, seen send it to therapy. Um, also, just let the phone not tell you the stuff because we do not need more displays to be distracting us from things. We really do not. But um, yeah, it's got that that display which it's a 1.1 inch display apparently a peak brightness of 450 nits and a power saving mode because now we need to talk about power saving modes on the displays on the back of our phones yeah you see now you mentioned the downside of it and now i'm going yeah we don't really need a display at the back it's fine just shoot (laughs) just use the selfie camera because on battery power that it it's another thing that takes up battery so well actually we're going to get to that because it's using the same 67 watt fast charging that you get with the fold, uh, the Mi Mix fold. And this battery is, when I say slightly smaller, I mean slightly. Because remember, the Mi Mix fold is 5,020 milliamp hours. This is 5,000. So I think you'll be fine with, with battery life. Um, yeah, but. It's that. The the display itself is 6.8 inches. It's 120 hertz, which is lovely. 120 hertz refresh rate. 1440p OLED, so that's what, like Quad HD, uh, not quite 2K. Snapdragon 888 processor, which is a thing I wish I could experience in this country. 12 gigs of RAM. I mean, my S21 Plus has only got like 8 gigs of RAM, and I don't see why I need more. 256 gigs of storage. Like I said, battery is 5,000 milliamp hours. Um, 67 watt charging. Um, like what else is there to say? I suppose now we talk about the cameras. So here's the thing: is the uh, is the basis of the ultra besides the camera the same as the fold? So really, what it is is the basis of the ultra is actually pretty much the same as the Mi 11. Because remember, there's the Mi 11, the Mi 11 Lite, the Mi 11 Pro, and there's the Mi 11 Ultra, and then the Mi Mix Fold. But it seems like they're all sharing the same sort of core DNA, which all seems Mm. to come from the Mi 11 itself, which is a good thing. I think it gives you good continuity, and I think it gives them a good handle on all of their devices as they start moving forward with foldables, you know, with an ultra premium segment. Um, I think it's a smart move. I think there's some nice cohesion here, and I think it makes moving within the range very easy for people because, you know, you might want a Mi 11 Ultra, you know, because you want to do content creation on the go. I might not need that, but I like a lot of the sort of features it's bringing as a device, maybe not the, all the camera stuff. But then I could go for a Mi 11, you know, um, I could go for Mi 11. I could go for a Mi Mix Fold. You know, there's going to be something mm. in there for everybody and you're essentially getting the same core experience. And I think that's a very smart move on their part. Um. The camera's on the back of this thing, though. <laughs> I think we'll have a very interesting conversation once Huawei's unveiled the P50 series, because I hear that, you know, the rumors are saying that that's supposed to be the biggest sensors on a smartphone. Is that the... Because so, right now, the 21... Samsung S21 Ultra. Must say the full name, because you'll get confused if you don't uh, regarding the A-series. But, so the uh, Samsung S21 Ultra is tops at the moment. Like, no one has... No one has, uh, I'll say, toppled it regarding uh, quality and everything else uh, from, from what I've seen. No, not so far this year, although I think they're going to have some serious competition now with this Mi Mix Ultra. 
Oh, sorry, the Mi 11 Ultra. Mi 11. Um, usually, the the company that tops Samsung when it comes to camera is Huawei. Uh, we will see what happens when P50 series gets unveiled. No date is being confirmed. Rumors are pointing to next month. Um, and the leaks are pointing to what is arguably the largest sensors I have ever seen on a phone. But right now, the Mi 11 Ultra is, I think, arguably the largest because they've got a 1 and 112 inch 50 megapixel main sensor. I think that is actually the largest sensor right now on a phone. I, I speak under correction. Um, there's a 48 megapixel ultra wide camera uh, lens, a 48 megapixel five times periscope telephoto lens, and I'm just good God of mercy. Um, yeah, which is is funny because physically these are bigger, so they'll obviously let in more light. You'll you know get better quality it'll bring you closer to like a mirrorless or dslr experience but it's funny because the mi 11 the regular mi 11 has what is called a smaller main sensor but it's 108 megapixels i saw i, I saw that too in the in the spec which is so i think the the ultra is quality because of the so it's i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in here it's because the lens itself the actual physical body the actual hardware is physically bigger. And remember, that's why with the DSLR camera, that's why you swap lenses. Because, you know, different lenses, you're getting different focal lengths, um, different amount of light. Exactly. So with a physically larger lens, you're getting more light, you're getting better quality. It's a whole bunch of things. So even though the megapixel count is smaller, and we've been saying this for years in the industry, it's not about how many megapixels. It's literally about the image software processing and the actual physical hardware you know, even though that mm. is smaller, the the megapixels on the Ultra, um, you're still getting better hardware. So while the regular Mi 11 has a higher megapixel count, the hardware isn't as good. But I mean, you're still going to get good quality photos. But the regular Mi 11, 108 megapixel sensor, 13 megapixel ultra wide camera and a 5 megapixel macro camera. That's still pretty damn good, to be very honest. I think it's actually high. Well, not I think it's higher than the S21 Plus. Oh, that's great though. Again, but it breaks my heart again because they're not coming to the country. But as a as a speak and a fighter um, against the the Samsung, I think it's I think it's great. I just hope the rest of the world gets to see it also because I feel like that's the only way Samsung will step it up if everybody takes note. I mean, was that a play on note Samsung note? It wasn't, um... but that was a great pickup though. Thing. Yeah, you know, I think Samsung's thing is. Everyone needs competition, but I think Samsung is doing so many things right when it comes to software right now. Like we said in one of the previous episodes, they're even outdoing Google at the software game on Google's own platform that I don't know how anyone is going to compete right now. It's going to take a lot because this is what I'll say about the S21 range, which I've gushed about in many episodes, and I think for good reason, is it doesn't necessarily excel at any one thing. But it does everything well enough to the point where you're getting, I think, arguably the best, most seamless experience you've ever gotten on a Samsung device and arguably one of the best experiences you ever get on an Android device. So it's not like, like, you know, Huawei was like, oh, you know, amazing cameras. Again, that is subjective to many people and phenomenal battery life. 
You know, there was sort of no one who could mm. touch them there. But then the other things, you know, there were things they could work on. Samsung is just kind of consistently now becoming um, at a certain level with every single thing where, like I said, like like an iPhone. Like an iPhone is not necessarily the best at any one thing, but your overall experience is going to be consistent. You know what you're going to yeah. get, and it's going to give you a seamless experience. That's what Samsung's doing, and I appreciate that. Um, but the final thing quickly, in the Xiaomi thing, before we go completely off the rails, this damn company. Like, everybody is doing this now. Xiaomi has confirmed it's making an electric vehicle, and it's got a $10 billion entity to make it happen. Why? Again, Xiaomi makes everything. They, You know what? The other thing is, this stuff is not junk. So I go, if they're going to make a vehicle, they're probably going to do great... Uh, they're going to find great people to make it worth and then essentially just buy them out. But yeah, I think I, I would trust, I don't know why, but I would trust a Xiaomi car. Okay. Well, okay, well, okay. Um, I don't know what to say to that. So I'm just going to keep saying, okay. Um, <laughs> I think I misspoke actually. So it's not 10 billion. Okay. So the initial phase, it's, it's $1.5 billion, but it's $10 billion over the next 10 years that they're putting into this thing. But yes. Okay. This electric fuel, you would, trust a xiaomi one i'm not saying i wouldn't but i'm like i don't know i think it's one of those things where if you had to do you want to see volvo do it first <laughs> i mean i feel like volvo has done it first so also it's volvo and i trust him um but that's my point it's like those are names in that industry that we know and trust why would i trust i might trust you for a phone you know but would i trust you for a car? it's not the same thing it's like saying um I don't know. It's like saying, yeah, sure, I trust RLB for toothbrushes, but am I going to trust RLB to make a laptop? Mm. You know, it's like it's like when Polaroid slapped their name on, on smartphones, which they actually did not that long ago. And I'm like, guys, firstly, you barely exist in the world. And secondly, you made fun cameras, but that was about it. Like, I don't trust your name on a phone. That's going to make me want to not buy it. You know, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's like, I need to see this first. It's not like Apple. When Apple said they were buying a car, I'm like, okay, yeah, but it's you. I know you guys, you know, because we know what Apple's consistency is. Mm. Whereas Xiaomi hasn't necessarily proven themselves in that space yet. They do a lot of concept things, which look great. And they're like, yeah, we're not actually going to sell this. But thank you. We like the fact that you like them. I'm like, what the hell is the point? <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? It's just product research, guys. Come on. <laughs> mm. But yeah, so Xiaomi is actually doing an electric vehicle. Um, Reuters apparently reported that they're going to be using Great Wall Motor Companies, a Chinese company, of course, uh, for manufacturing. And the first model is expected to arrive very soon, 2023. So two years. That's insane, actually. Um, and it's it's funny because this is obviously coming at a time where Apple is also rumored to be launching a car and uh, Huawei is also going to be making an electric vehicle. And I'm like, good Lord. But also, I feel like Xiaomi must put a vacuum under the car. Because, <laughs> I mean, it just makes sense, guys. It would clean up the whole place if you put vacuums under cars, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I mean, that's not what I was thinking, but... <laughs> they, oh, they, oh, they've got warehouses full of vacuums. They can just put a few under, man, please. <laughs> Um, I'm sure there's a joke in there. I just do not know what it is, actually. Ah, there is a joke, but it sucks. I'm not going to... Oh, no. No. 
you know, I didn't mean to walk with it, but we walked together and we enjoyed it's the It's like Hadley. <laughs> it's like Hadley's here. Um, okay. We're going to... We're going to move away from this because we've spoken a lot about Xiaomi quickly. We are going to stay on the Chinese topic quickly. And we're going to jump to a new entry in South Africa um, when it comes to the ride-sharing services, which took me by surprise. Have you heard of... Oh God, I'm going to say this wrong. Is it Diddy? Didi? Not Diddy like P. Diddy. Not like that. I think it's Didi. Like Dexter and Didi? Yes. Okay, I'm fine with I- that. I'm going to go with that pronunciation. I'm not going to um, try and give it something else. I'll just go with it. That it's four letters with two of the letters being the <laughs> all the letters are the same, but so it must have the same sound. So it's not uh, Diddy, it's Didi. Oh, so it's not like No, which is not Kno, apparently. <sighs> Guys, we get, oh, I'm going to fight about that one too. But anyway. <laughs> Would you believe that I was actually on the phone with um, the PR? Not about that, actually. I didn't even know that the person I was speaking, speaking to did the PR. And he was like, listen here. I found this out last week. He's like, I needed to go sit down after that meeting because I couldn't. <laughs> I just started laughing. But also, guys, you can't go into a shop and ask for no. It's like... You- <laughs> You telling them no to your question. Don't be for sin, man. Also, no one is gonna tell you whether no is <laughs> if you ask for no in the shop. It's no, please. Like you've let this go on for too many years. You guys cannot come and do this now. I'm sorry, but no, it's not gonna happen. Generations. You you know how many children are gonna get scaled out when they come back home because the shop didn't have any no. Then the mommy's like, I sent you to go buy no. Then you're like, yeah, but I mean, these going to, children are going to get beatings for these <laughs> names. It's like sending a child to go buy Tanya, but they don't know when they get to the shop, it's actually coriander. Then they come home, there's no Tanya at the shop, but there was coriander. It's the same Kno and No fight. But anyway, listen here, this is more controversial than, than the uh, name change with Port Elizabeth, but okay. Um, <laughs> um, you also faded right before you were meant to say the name. <laughs> oh no, because I'm like, I've embarrassed myself enough. I'm not going to go down this road. Not now. I'm very sorry. I do not need people coming for me on this podcast. I've already given them enough reason. So we're not we're not going to go there. And I know I'm probably going to get called out for, oh, but you could have at least tried. I could have. I didn't. Deal with it. <laughs> um, anyway, Didi, the Chinese ride-sharing app, a Chinese e-hailing company. So from Beijing, China, apparently they've got over 550 million users. I don't know if this is just in China or not. Um, but they are launching in... I mean, I want to say South Africa, but I've technically been here. Again, for the place that I, I'm not going to try to pronounce because I'm going to get it wrong. So, poor Elizabeth, she's going to say it. Again, people deal with it. Um, like, just, I'm sorry, but just deal with it. Um, they've been piloting over there since the 1st of March. Um, apparently, and this is according to a Biz Community article, uh, since then, more than 2,000 drivers in the city are there even 2,000 people? Okay, anyway, in Port Elizabeth. Um, 2,000 drivers in the city have already downloaded the app, the DD Drivers app, and they're now coming to Cape Town. So it's very interesting because when I saw, there was actually a Reuters article like a day or two before this uh, Biz Community article saying that, you know, it's already in, in South Africa. So I downloaded the app onto my iPhone and I saw it and then it's like, mm, we're not available in your region. But then I... Put in my address and decided I wanted to go to Cavendish, for example, just to see if it was going to let me. And then it actually gave me the option to put in my card. 
So it looked like it actually it gave me a cost and everything, which is pretty much in line with what Uber's charging. And I was like, guys, you knew you're supposed to be charging me less. Yeah. Um, if you're going to come into the market, you've got to come in strong. Yeah, but again, it doesn't seem like it's officially launched. So, you know, it, it probably wouldn't have worked. Um, I wasn't going to take the chance. I didn't actually need to go to Kerundish. Um, But it is going to be launching soon. Um, I think they said April is when it's launching in the in, in Cape Town. Or within the next, basically just in the next few weeks. So we'll probably see them um, sometime in the month of April in, in Cape Town. But yeah, there's going to be another another um, e-hailing thing. Whether we're going to see sort of similar complaints like we've seen with Bolt and with Uber and arguably worse with Bolt remains to be seen. I mean, it's going to be down to how well security screenings are done for drivers, you know, what's mm. being done in terms of safety and security for the riders. But And for the drivers yeah, as well. No, especially at night. Especially at night. Mm. Um but yeah, globally, Diddy has safety features, so things like facial recognition for the drivers, SOS buttons for both riders and the drivers, and it's linked to local police, 24-hour, uh, seven-day-a-week support via dedicated safety hotline, you know, the preview information that both riders and drivers should be getting anywhere on e-hailing things, safety training for drivers, and a whole bunch of other things. Um, they've also, since last year, you know, in, in the different sort of territories they're in, um, Diddy has introduced like health guard technologies to make sure that you know masks are worn during trips and all vehicles are disinfected. Um, they provided financial assistance to they call them driver partners. That sounds like Uber terminology to me. Um, to driver partners in overseas markets um, with a dedicated ten million dollar relief fund. So it seems interesting. Um, they've got a few different sort of options, just like both Uber and Bolt have. So there's a called Hero, Express, and Care Services. I don't know which one matches up to, you know, like Uber X and what's mm. the other one? There's an Uber. Maybe yeah. the maybe the key one is um for like the elderly. Maybe? That's what I'm thinking. But then what is what is I, I assume Hero is like Uber Black and Express would be like Uber X. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah. We can assume. I feel like it's a safe assumption. But I think the the key is a actually a great um, it's a great thing to offer. Yeah, like someone that comes with a van maybe, or someone that comes with a car that is, um, um, like wheelchair friendly. So I think um, yeah, hopefully they hopefully they up the game and they push everybody else to change the ways they're doing it. Um, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see because we've heard this before. Every time someone new launches, then we hear that. And at one stage, I was hearing rumors of Lyft, not the airline, because now I need to make that distinction. Uh, Lyft L Y F T, which is fairly well known in in the US, and I've used them when I'm over there. Lyft was supposed to, again, this is a rumor, was supposed to have been coming to to South Africa. I don't know what happened there. But if things keep up the way they're keeping up, we're going to have a lot of services like these. But keep an eye out for the Didi app. It's available Android, iOS. Um, no, this is not sponsored. I just thought we needed to talk about it because people need to know what's going on. Um, but they should be launching in Cape Town soon. We do not know what's happening for the rest of the country. I'm assuming it depends on what happens in Cape Town and then they'll see about like Joburg and that sort of stuff. But things are happening. Um, Jeez. It's yeah. Again, it's that thing of when markets are bigger, everybody wins. Yeah. I think, or oh, I hope so. Is the South African market bigger? We will <laughs> make the market bigger. Um, 
That was so lame. I am embarrassed for myself. I keep quiet. I, f- I felt like you deserved to feel what I felt. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone deserves that really, but here we are. <laughs> you were the one who decided you wanted to do this. So, you know, these are the consequences of your actions <laughs> and your decisions. So there we go. Um, final thing, and we'll go through this one very quickly, which kind of actually fits in with the theme of things we've been speaking about, but kind of also not. Uh, Google Maps. And I want to specify Google Maps, not Maps Maponyani. Because... Yeah, don't Google Maps, please. Like rather, it's on Google. I mean, Maps. you could, but you probably just find out something about these bands. So, um, but yes, Google Maps, which you know normally we're using for driving around and making sure we don't get lost, which is something I can still do with a map. But anyway, um, they've now gone and done a lovely little update, and they essentially are punting it as redefining what a map can be with new information and AI. Notice how no one talks about VR. I just like to point that out. Um, But yeah, and so now they've done a thing that I've wanted them to do for years. And there are many places where I could have used this, and most of them are overseas. They now allow you to navigate indoors with a live view. So you hold your phone up, it uses the camera kind of vibe, and augmented reality, Yasin, not virtual. I would like to point this out. Um, when VR becomes a thing, I'm going to have to just sit here and be very quiet. Um, <laughs> but you can see your actual surroundings you know, on your display, and then it'll actually, on the display also, tell you, go this way. You know, It'll say, go one level down, turn left, turn right. It'll actually show you, give you notifications. Think, it's amazing. I think that's going to be amazing. Like I, I saw it, and I was just like, that technology is, is actually already, um, it's already there. And now they're just putting it all into practice because it's the thing of if you've ever been to a, um, what do you call the middle airport? Like your stop basically. Oh, your um, transit airport. Yes. Yeah. Those airports, it's a completely different space with different languages. If we use this product in that space, it's perfect. I had to transit in Singapore once. Now, obviously, there's lots of English, but now I get there and as my plane is landing, like literally we're pulling out to the gate. There's an announcement over the loudspeaker on the plane. Uh, Will Brendan Peterson please report to um, one of the airline staff? And I'm not paying attention because, like, I've been on a plane for hours. I am tired. I had to go Cape Town to Joburg, Joburg to Singapore. You're also in another country. You won't hear your own I'm in another country. These people are speaking English. They're, you know, it's a language I understand, obviously. It's my name. And I'm just like, "Mm, tired. need to go catch my next flight. Also, I was supposed to actually meet a friend in Singapore who lives there. And then, like, a few minutes later, after they repeated it a few times, I'm like, wait, that's me. And then, like, I, me being me and a true millennial who sometimes has Gen Z tendencies, um, I don't want to go ask people, why are you calling my name? Just like, you know, if I go to restaurants and strong food, I'm not going to send it back. Um, and then I was like, okay, so I'm just going to go down the stairs. I'll figure this out when I get off the plane. Because that's a smart thing to do, right? At like 11 o'clock. No, at like the next morning after flying for God knows how many hours. Land. Somehow ended up not getting anybody. Get into the terminal. And now I'm just like, um, wait, what, huh? What's going on? Where do I go? Where's my next flight? Because I'm thinking I've got a good couple of hours. Because that's how I booked it. So I had a good couple of hours. I could go mm-hmm. tour around mm-hmm. Singapore. Then something just like, hey, just like, 
go do the thing and then I see where you can sort of exit you show you your visa and everything and passport and whatnot it's like wait don't do that go to the desk so I go to the desk they're like oh we've been trying to get a hold of you um your flight has actually been cancelled oh my god and I would not have known that if it wasn't my pure chance because why I'm walking through the airport and I have no idea where I'm supposed to go and it's not their fault but this mm -hmm. would have been handy because I actually had to go to another terminal and this thing would have been so useful because Google actually does this for like outdoor directions. So if you're walking, you can already get this kind of view outdoors. And I tried it when it first launched because I'm actually a beta tester for Google Maps. Um, That's good. It is actually fun. I'm not going to lie. It really is. But they send you stuff under non-disclosure. And I'm like, I hate you guys because I really, this is my job. I'm supposed to talk about this stuff and now I can't. Just so much, um, but yeah, I think it's a great use of. It, it feels like the Captain Planet technology to make you to give us this gift. Actually, do you know what I mean? Actually, it's, that's not the worst way I've, I've had it described. But I think it's so cool, especially because indoors. It's, yeah, especially if you go to like a new mall or you're just in a new city in the same country, a new a new city. You know, or back in the days when events used to be a thing and conventions were a thing, like you get so lost in places and you don't want to ask people directions because they'll just give you a local like point to the sign, which is right there and you somehow didn't notice it. This just makes it easier. Yeah. Oh, you know, video killed the radio star, yeah. right? Yes. Is this killing the information disk? <laughs> Actually, you make a good point because why would you go to an information desk when you can... Yeah. I almost it gives you more information actually because you can click on the links, you can see the shops, you can like yeah. basically travel through the mall and the internet of the mall. And so like you can find like the closest public transport, you can find mm -hmm. you know restaurants, you can find ATMs, you don't have to go anywhere. It's just all on your phone. And I think that that's amazing because again, if I could tell you how many times you've seen, I've gotten lost in subways, especially in Paris. Good damn that city. But the subway is like only the front of the shop, isn't it? I mean, depends. <laughs> I'm being silly. Depends. I'm being silly. Depends. Being silly. How big is the sandwich <laughs> shop? Um, no, but I used to get lost so often in, in subways and metros overseas, especially because you, you use Google Maps and you, Google Maps is like, you know, you do this, you go out by this entrance. I got lost in New York once because of that. Because mm -hmm. I was going to the meatpacking district because I needed to go pick up something by some it wasn't meat. Um and it told me go out by this entrance. So I did. And I was I was on completely the wrong side. Luckily I left super early just to make sure. But there I am wandering around like, you know, Manhattan, not knowing what I'm doing. Um, and of course, I didn't have a working SIM card, so now I've got to go find a Starbucks stand outside like a like a psycho to get the free Wi-Fi so I can figure out where I am. And I'm like, guys, this, this, especially if there was an offline version of this, would have been so helpful to me because I wouldn't have taken the wrong exit and I would have been in just the right place. So it's the, it's the game changer. Do this stuff. It's, uh, it's going to make traveling so much better, especially also in like post COVID times, where I'm sure the information they'll be telling you is how many people are there, if the places are crowded, like they're doing with traffic, so that you can like almost uh, avoid big spaces and go to spaces that they can also lead you to spaces that's better for you and your mental health, if it makes sense. Oh, I like that, actually. Um, but it's, it's interesting you mentioned that, because now um, they're also 
giving you, as they call it, more sustainable options when you're on the go. So now you'll be able to choose, um, you know, different types of routes and transportation modes to get to wherever you're going. So you'll be able to check and see whether you're going by car, um, whether you're transiting via public transport or, you know, um, e-hailing services or a bike. You'll be able to mm-hmm. see the times and you won't have to toggle between tabs. Um, you know, maps are going to use um, machine learning and it's going to be able to start picking up, oh, this is actually, you know, the way you prefer to, you know, walk to mm-hmm. this destination or drive to this destination and start, you know, working around that. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great because you can basically go, yo, Google, uh, I need a space to clear my head. I'm having a bit of a panic attack. So then they go, yo, Here's the lounge in the airport that you can go to, but this is the empty lounge. The other lounges are all full. It'll be quicker. You here. know that that's probably actually going to happen. And as scary as that is, for many reasons, I, at the same time, I'm like, bring it because I want that. Because there's a thing they're doing in the US, which annoys me that we're not going to get this over here. Um, is they know that obviously because of the pandemic, delivery and curbside pickup is growing in popularity. So they're partnering with uh, select stores in the US. And and sort of companies like Instacart, um, which is a delivery service, almost like a like a Woolies Dash or like a Checker sixty sixty kind of vibe, um, and you'll be able to go ahead and actually pick a curbside pickup time using Google Maps, which is just insane because obviously Google Maps is going to be able to tell you, okay, so if you're leaving work this time and this is your preferred route and you need to go here, this is the optimal time for you to set as your pickup time. So you don't have to get there and wait unnecessarily amount of time or get there and it's too late and your stuff has, you know, been packed away again. Mm. Like they're doing some really genius, genius things. We're not going to see most of it other than potentially that um, indoor live mapping thing. And I'm really, really excited for that because if you can just help me from getting lost inside places, Google, I'm happy with that. Also in like stadiums. I feel like stadiums are also big places you can get go missing in and get lost in. And then also, it's also weird when you ask people for directions and they go, just go straight, then left. And then when you see the door, you go right through there and then you just it's just there on the okay, left. Okay, but that's how I get then directions. But by the time the person's gone, I go, where, the, where must I go? Where, where did, what did they actually say? And then I go get lost again. So then I go, now with this technology or this um, innovations, whatever you want to call it, I think uh, it's going to save a lot of people into from a lot of dodgy places and also a lot of embarrassment. <laughs> so that's basically me. They basically designed this for me, and I, I appreciated Google that you would take all this time out for just me. That's so kind of you. Um, but okay, that is everything for this week. You seen anything else that's notable that you want to mention? Um. Uh, I don't have any other notes. Just that Canva is a Befocta app. It's actually really amazing. It really is. And I just this is not sponsored by Canva, uh, but if they do want to come through, <laughs> I want I want to know. But Canva saved my life a few times this year already. So that's just a shout out to them. <laughs> it it truly is fantastic. It's actually how I designed the cover art for the podcast. Mm-mm-mm. Um. So yes, they they come through. Um, well, there's, and you? There's, there's kind of two things, actually. The one is, I don't know if you saw the Volkswagen thing, which just annoyed me, actually. So, Volks, Volkswagen VW. Oh, yes, 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 they, yes, yes. There was a press release that sort of came out earlier the week for all the international media that they're changing the name in the US to Volkswagen, V-O-W, 
via LTS, you know, because of their moves into electric vehicles. And everyone's like, you sure this isn't an April Fool's joke because, you know, it's just a couple of days away? No, 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 it's a thing. We realize the timing is inconvenient, but it's definitely happening. Yeah, so they've just, like in the last little bit, released a press release saying, well, actually, no, it was an early April Fool's joke and it wasn't supposed to go that early. They lying. They fucked up. And I'm like, <laughs> either way, you guys are douchebags. So there was that. <laughs> also, you they, they mustn't come to South Africa and pull that mm-hmm. guy here. We have ESCOM. ESCOM will sort them out one way. <laughs> this Volkswagen. Yeah. What is a Volkswagen yeah. without electricity? No, it's not going to happen. Um, and then the other thing, which is a big thing, um, we're doing something very interesting next week. Um, reframed the weekly wrap-up. Yasin, um, we're going to be joining Oppo, Oppo South Africa, who we've spoken about a lot, who recently launched the Reno 5 in the country. We're going to be doing a Twitter Spaces conversation with them, which is exciting and nerve-wracking, but mostly exciting. So we're going to be chatting about the Reno 5. Um, we're going to have one of the product experts there. It's a great guy. Um, I know which company was at before, and he was fantastic there. And I do not say that lightly. Um, we're also going to be chatting about what it's been like to launch a brand, a big brand in South Africa in the middle of a pandemic. What it's been like to launch a tech brand in a country that is very loyal to the existing brands in this country. Um, you know, what we can see from them in the future, we'll be chatting about how pricing is determined. It's going to be fun. We're also going to discuss comedy with him because I want to know what's the worst and best joke or pun that they've heard with the name Oppo. Because it's Oppo Laws oh. and Opportunity. What else do they have? Guys, we actually, are asking the real questions, t- the questions of the people. Tune in just for that, actually. I kid you not. Tune in just for that. Um, <laughs> That's how we're opening the show. <laughs> actually, that is a... We shouldn't say this because they're going to listen to this podcast and then be warned. But tune in. Um, it's going to be Wednesday. And that is, what is the date on Wednesday? You're seeing the 7th? Uh, yes. One moment. It is the 7th. Yes. So Wednesday, the 7th of April, 7 p.m. So you can remember that. Uh, 7 p.m. Wednesday, the 7th of April and 7 p.m. South African Standard Time. Um, tune in. It's OppoZA is the Twitter handle for them. Uh, Yassine's and mine will be linked in the description of this podcast like it usually is but Yassine tell the people what yours is um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Yassine Barnes just, just, it's in, the name is there guys the link is all there oh, no. <laughs> and mine is Brendan in CT um, because I'm Brendan and I'm in Cape Town so you know go figure um, but if you can't find us, Oppo South Africa, Oppo ZA, just go and find them. Um, and we will be chatting to them. Please come and join the conversation because I think this is arguably the first big brand um, or well-established brand that's doing a Twitter Spaces conversation in the country. And I'm sure everyone listening has lots of questions. So come and join us. We would love to give you the opportunity to speak to some people at Oppo, ask your questions, get some answers, and just have a general all-around great time. What he said. <laughs> and on that note, I think that's it for us. This is probably one of the longest ones we've done, but I also think it was one of the more fun ones we've done. Not that the others weren't fun. It was fun. Lots of fun. Yeah, I like this one. It is cool. <laughs> I'm Yasim Mons. Uh Thank you very much, guys. Bye. And I don't know how to follow up on that except to say I'm Brendan Pearson.
We will catch you on the next one. Make sure to tune into the Twitter spaces next week. It's going to be fun. And enjoy your long weekend. That's it for this episode of the Weekly Tech Wrap-Up. Be sure to subscribe and catch us every Friday as we bring you our take on the biggest tech headlines of the week. For more in-depth discussions about the technology that drives our daily lives, check out the Tech Reframe podcast, where I chat to executives and industry insiders who help unpack today's biggest tech trends and discuss how technology is impacting our lives.